0: Who wins the T20 World Cup semi-finals? Find out, it's Cricket Only Better. And then there were four, it's Cricket Only Better show 111. It's the semi-finals of the T20 World Cup I'm Ed Hawkins. We have the Dream Team back together again for the big ones. They're going to tell you exactly what is going to happen. Sam Collins.
1: That's right. That Dream Team is returning 41.05 on Best Bets. So don't miss the end of the show when we reveal our top wages. Right. Let's get them on. First up, everybody's favourite reverie, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair. Hello, Paul. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Loving oh. these intros. Oh, well, Ed Hawkins, you know what he's all about. Uh, and not to forget, next up, the bookie's worst nightmare, a man who's not allowed within 15 yards of Rassi van der Dussen. It is Richard Mann. Hi, Sam. Hello. Richard, must have been a good weekend in the in the man household.
2: Not too bad, not too bad. A bit frustrated with South Africa going out on net run rate, but they probably
1: only had themselves to blame. Oh well, well, indeed, indeed Um, Ed Hawkins, we know what's coming But a quick reminder as to the games we're previewing tonight
0: Yes, they're going to get the chops around these games England versus New Zealand from Abu Dhabi on Wednesday Then it's Pakistan versus Australia from Dubai on the Thursday
1: We've also got our favourite stat man Not Edward Hawkins, but at Trader12 here Who's crunched some numbers for some more brilliant value So let's go All right, there's semi-final previews coming up in a bit, but we start as ever with our price check. for exchange prices are as follows. England favourite 2.88, 1.57 to reach the final. Pakistan 3.9, uh, 1.86 to reach the final. New Zealand are at 5.7, 2.44 to reach the final. And Australia, yes, Australia, 4.4 and 2.04 to reach the final. Ed Hawkins, you have a bit of housekeeping for us.
0: Yes indeed, housekeeping. Let's talk about the bias for the chaser in this tournament. England versus New Zealand in Abu Dhabi, 62% toss bias for the chaser. Pakistan versus Australia is a 91% bias for the chaser. So obviously that has a certain that has an effect on how you're going to be betting. Really don't advise betting pre toss on this one. I'm going to have some stats to follow, which reinforces that point.
1: Okay, so everything heavily caveated with an if they win the toss then. But a um, bit of cricket only better rivalry here, though, I think. Ed Hawkins tip Pakistan. Paul and Richard are both on New Zealand. Paul, do you hold firm or do you start trading outright prices because of the toss bias? No, I'm on Pakistan. Oh, yeah.
3: There is oh. a bit of rivalry. It's oh. this rich. But anyway.
1: Is it anyway. me and um, you versus Richard then? You two, you yeah. two double teaming, Richard. Yeah. Um, cricket I, only better, 1 1 1.
3: No, so do do we hold firm? Um, I'm going to hold firm. Ultimately, I'm very happy with Pakistan, how they've played, I don't doubt them, and we're still talking about a team that have won 16 consecutive games now in the United Arab Emirates. Arguably, they should be favourites. However, the toss bias is a nightmare. Um, I've already been done over by this in the IPL where Delhi, was sitting pretty and then they lost all the important tosses at the death. Um what can I say at the start of the tournament I was very keen to be on Pakistan I was very keen to be against Australia so
2: you know why not just run it at this stage.
1: Okay Richard Mann are you bullish about the Kiwis?
2: I, I am yeah I mean Obviously, a massive semi-final against England. I think if anyone's wanting to get out, you can't really at the moment. You have to hope they get through to the final, and then would be the time to make your move trading-wise. I think New Zealand, they've been quite workman-like so far, but I've said all along that when they've played at Sharjah, for instance, you weren't going to see the best of them. But I think Abu Dhabi suits them well, really impressive against Afghanistan at the weekend. And I do think we're going to see New Zealand put up the best performance against England. Whether that'll be enough, I'm not quite sure, but I think if there's a time to take on England, it's now, given the injuries they've got and the reshuffling they're having to do. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that they can get through and
1: make it to the final. Okay, thank you, Richard Mann. Great insight coming up now with Ed Hawkins talking to our Twitter stats maestro, at Trader12, and I believe he's found two juicy angles.
0: Yes, that's right. Here he is, Trader12. Follow him on Twitter, Twitter. And it's all about six appeal. You've spotted something in England versus New Zealand.
4: I have. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be siding on the unders uh, on this one. I'm, I'm expecting the line to be about around 10 and a half. That's what I'm uh, seeing at the moment. Uh, I, I just can't un- understand this one, to be honest. Uh, all through the tournament, I've, I've been on the unders and it's paid off just twice out of the 14 games at this ground. It's gone, it's gone over 10. So uh, I'll just read off a few numbers for here. Overall, the, the ground average, 105 games, 6.99. Uh, international, 64 games, 5.87 uh, for total sixes. Uh, and um, I mean, this World Cup's been no different, 6.93 in the 14 games. I just I just can't see why the line is so high. I know, obviously, England have plenty of power, but uh, as we know, England and New Zealand, uh, I think they're one and two on boundaries conceded for the, the lowest amount. So it could, be, it could well be a low-scoring affair. I decided to you know, combine the IPL and the World World Cup stats as well, just to see if it was a, if there was any trends there. I mean, seven point seven three if you combine the two. Um, just five out of those twenty two games have had ten or more. So I, I really think it's a rock solid rock solid bet.
0: Let's have a look at Australia versus Pakistan. Any statistics you can really ram home the numbers for us on that toss bias?
4: Absolutely, yeah, ninety one percent. 10 out of 11 games now, I've gone to the chasing team, uh, and to be honest, that could have been 100%. Uh, with Scotland, obviously, about a second against New Zealand, so they're up against it from the start there. Um, combined with the IPL again, uh, 79%, so it's again, it's, it's solid. 19 out of the 24 games uh, have gone to the chasing side there, so definitely provides a you know, relevant, decent sample size to work with on that one.
0: Perfect stuff. Now, how can we make that play on other side markets? Because there's a trend or there's a bias as well, isn't there, in terms of uh, power plays for your side batting second. Just explain a little bit of that before we let you go.
4: So, as as I mentioned, obviously, the match result, big, big swing, but it's it's very much the same with the sixes. Um, I think nine out of 11 uh, of the teams batting second have won. that's 82%. Uh, Again, power play score, eight out of the 11 sides that batting second got the highest power play score. Uh, and there's a, there's a big, big gulf uh, in the average scores between the two: uh, 36 for the team batting first, 51 for the team batting second. Obviously, skewed a little bit by uh, India's 84, I think it was against against Scotland. Uh, but I think the play there for me is in play. Uh, you can, off, I mean, I expect 40, maybe 41 and a half for the two uh, six-over lines. Unders go unders in the first innings, overs on the second innings. Um, uh, can't go too far wrong with
0: that. Brilliant stuff from trader 12 Give them a follow and you will not go far wrong with your stats betting.
1: Great stuff. Let's get the games on. It's England versus New Zealand first. Right, part two, England versus New Zealand on Wednesday from Abu Dhabi. England are at 1.59 versus New Zealand 2.66 on the Betfair exchange. It's under lights and Ed Hawkins has a special lowdown.
0: England, probable probable 11 for you. Reckon is going to open with Roy because Roy is out of the tournament. James Vince might have to wait. Bairstow, Butler, Milan, Livingston, Morgan, Moeen Billings coming in to add... Firepower at the death to cover Morgan, Wokes, Jordan, Rashid and Wood. They are number one ranked for your Super 12 boundary percentage ranking uh, with the bat. And with the ball conceding boundaries, they're at number two. New Zealand, probable 11, Mitchell, Guptal, Williamson, Conway, Phillips, Nisham, Santner, Southie, Milne, Bolt, Sodhi. They're at number eight all the way down there on batting percentage rank. And, but they are number one with the ball. This is a mismatch in terms of boundary percentage hitting. 17.7% England in the tournament versus 13.1% Kiwis. England won a 2019 Series 3-2. Don't get too bogged down with that. There was no Conway, Phillips or Williamson for New Zealand and only Rashid and Jordan were there of the England bowling contingent. Your pitch is bang in the midpoint of the 140s in the first innings.
1: Okay, we'll call that comprehensive. Um, Let's go to Richard Mann. Who is going to win this, Richard Mann? I'm standing firm with New Zealand. Really interesting stats there for Meredith.
2: And I think it probably sums up the way New Zealand are with their batting lineup. They'll hope for a bit of firepower up top from Guptill. Conway Williamson in the middle will just nudge it about and then they'll hope Nisham and Phillips can finish it off. And all they want to do really is get just above par, and then they'll, then they'll let the bowling attack, which has been excellent throughout the tournament, do the rest. I think they're the best fielding side in the tournament as well. So that's their strategy, whether they're batting or bowling first. I think Sharjah didn't suit them, because Williamson and Conway from over seven to 15, they just want to work it around at eight and over picking up ones and twos, but you can't do that. At you certainly can't pick up twos. You've got to get boundaries and it doesn't suit that middle order. They've got there, but here when they're just looking to make part, I think Abu Dhabi is a much better fit for them. And I also think it doesn't suit England as well. They're happy to get away from Sharjah. Which hasn't been a two-batting pitch really, but I think Dubai suits their bowling better. Walks has nibbled it around. It's been very English actually in the opening overs. Abu Dhabi hasn't been like that. And Bolton and their Plan B, if you like, two swing bowlers, but they've been excellent with their Plan B. Bowled some really good cutters, some good short stuff. I think they're better equipped than England's bowling attack for this, particularly with Mills' absence. And the other big downside for England is Moeen has been getting getting away with four overs in the power play against sides. Packed with left-handers. He won't do that against New Zealand. I don't even think he'll bowl. Guptal and Mitchell will look to get after him if he does. Williamson at three as well. So what do they do with that fifth bowler? They've already lost Mills. Mark Wood went around the park at Sharjah. I just think this is a perfect opportunity to take on England. Look, they're missing Archer, they're missing Stokes. Now Mills, now Roy from their first 11. Exceptional white ball side. But I just worry that this for England, this is another obstacle they've got to they've got to get over. And I think it might be a step
1: too far. Is that the kiss of life or death for England from Richard Mann? We will wait and see. Paul Krishnamurti, same question to you. Who wins this game?
3: I've got to say, Rich has just made an outstanding case there for New Zealand. It's really loads and loads of superb points, particularly about the grounds. Um, I think that he's right. This is definitely a better ground for New Zealand than Sharja. Um, England must be favourites though they must be I mean we've discussed so many times about the importance of boundary in in T20 cricket and it's just run through those numbers they really stand out I would also say that maybe we should look at the quality of the groups um, and perhaps that could apply against my team in the other semi the New Zealand group was much easier because you had the two weak opponents England played five top-grade international sides, won them all. I won four of them. Um, so, arguably, I would I would say they definitely should be famous. However, I would also say that that betting is probably too one-sided. I certainly wouldn't back England at those odds pre-match with with the toss in play. Not sure if the toss is as important at Abu Dhabi, but it's still an advantage. So, um, I'd predict England, but I wouldn't bet them.
1: So, are we selling runs on the par line, Paul? No,
3: if anything, I'd go the other way. Um, we don't know what pitches they're going to use, but I think often they keep fresh pitches for these late games. You might remember in the World Cup, the score, in the IPL, scores went right down and then we got to the final and we had 192 in the first innings. And um, they haven't been that bad at Abu Dhabi recently. They've been quite good in the afternoon. We've seen some 180s and, and such forth. Um, and... I think both sides are quite capable of hitting a high score. One thing, just getting back to the previous point, I mean, one other massive negative, weren't we haven't really supposed to be? It's Jason Roy. I mean, that is a big loss. I mean, who do we think is good? What do we? What do we think the lineup will be? Who will open?
0: Well, I Bear think Starr? I think Bear might come in, or they could move Milan up, or they could bring uh, Vince in. Uh, meaning Billings comes out but you're right about Roy don't forget what happened to England during that 50-over World Cup when they won it their campaign when he was out injured went completely off the rails he sets the tone for England and, and you're right they could could struggle without him when he came back into that World Cup side they were unstoppable again
2: My slight concern with England as well Throughout the tournament Is Morgan's been very keen For everyone to have a role Mills wouldn't bowl until the 10th over And then he'd bowl four of the last 10 And Mark Wood came in for him And he's really a new ball bowler In one day cricket But it was no You're going to fill the Mills role At Charger against South Africa And it was a disaster really But everyone else had the roles Walks up front Mawin up front and I just wonder if they might actually say, well, Berstow, you've been our number four. We'll stick stick with you there. And whether they might bring in Vince or the other option, and it's the one negative that New Zealand have got is whether they get a left hander opening, so Santana can't bowl in the power play because New Zealand's two spinners spin the spin the ball into the left handers. That's the other option. Open with Milan, and it might put you off opening the bowling with Santner. Some fascinating matchups, actually.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Richard, what matchups have you spotted? In play strategies, but I mean, maybe you've answered that there.
2: Well, I mean, Moeen against the right handers. I, I don't know what Morgan will do now because they've got away, especially on some spinning pitches with with opening with Moeen and he's done fantastic. But I think against Guptal and Mitchell with only two men outside the ring, I don't think Morgan will fancy that. So that might mean Jordan has to bowl more in the power play or Mark Wood, and then they'll have to reshuffle at the back end. So I think England have got a few negative matchups there, but actually New Zealand as well. Santner and Sodhi against Afghanistan, I forget the left hander who made 70 odd, he played really well. And and it really affected New Zealand. They couldn't get those two banker spinners, couldn't get through the overs, he only bowled two overs each. So that's the negative matchup for New Zealand. Morgan, Ali, I think Moeen might bat four if Bairstow does open for that reason alone. And Milan, those three left-handers could get at the spinners, but that'll bring James Nisham into the game again. Now, when the five bowlers have been bowling well for New Zealand, Nisham's not been needed. But against England and the left-handers, I think Williamson will think, ooh, let's get Nisham into the game and, and and hide one of the spinners. He'd probably bowl four overs in that case, Nisham. Bowled really well against Afghanistan at the death. And if you fancy New Zealand, he'd probably be my angle for man of the match, actually, because he'd go under the radar, he can give it a real biff at the end, and I think he will probably end up bowling a few overs at the death. Um, So on that matchup basis, he'd be for me.
1: Okay. um, Let's look at the top England bat market with Edward Hawkins.
0: Sportsbook have boosted... Joss Butler's to 13-5 to for top run scorer. In domestic T20s versus Bolt, he strikes at 121 and he's never got him out. In T20 internationals, it's one out, but a strike rate of 183. Against Southie, Butler strikes at 136. No outs. Bit of a small study sample. Milan, 208 runs in four in that 2019 series. He's 7-2, to 2, however, with Betfair Sportsbook. That seems mean to me. he have been going off bigger than that um, although they've probably taken into account the switch from Sharjah
1: Richard and Paul who do you like or loathe out of those?
2: Well I've probably jumped the gun with Nisham a little bit there but Nisham in the man of the match market, market for New Zealand and look it's going to be a really close match either way and I think Rashid's probably the pick of England's bowlers a little bit worried about Mark Wood I know I flagged him up last time but he's had very little cricket and he was poor at Sharjah um, I don't think Moeen will bowl I think Rashid's the, England's main weapon here, because I'm not sure what's all swing it about. And as we've seen, bowlers are just doing really well in the man of the match market. So I'd probably go with Rashid and Nisham. I'd split stakes on those. I think you've got one from each side.
1: Hey, Paul Krishnamurti.
2: Um,
3: Well, on the batting front, I think 14-1 to 1 Sam Billings is a good price, considering that he will put almost certainly come in. Um, not a massive bet, but that that's the only one that really stood out for me. in England. I would back Chris Jordan 100 to 30 for top wicket taker because I cannot see him not bowling at the death, especially as Rich said, Wood, Wood didn't perform in that role. Um, so I definitely would back Jordan 100 to 30. And I'd give Wood another chance, frankly, for the man of the match at 16 to 1. Pace bowlers have been getting plenty at Abu Dhabi, and that's a big price for a pace bowler on for on, on, for the, the favourites
1: on that pitch. OK, Ed Hawkins, let's come to you for New Zealand top bats market.
0: Yeah, 11-4 to 4, Williamson. It looks a bit short. However, if you look at how he's done on the matchups, he's taken 30 runs of 12 Mark Wood deliveries in T20 internationals, 42 of 37 versus Adel Rashid and 14 of 14 versus Jordan. And there's only one out from the lot of them. However, could we back him in play possibly three to one hundred to thirty uh, and above if New Zealand get a bit of a decent start?
1: Paul, who do you like?
3: Not particularly wild as anyone. Um, I I think the, my pick at the prices would be Devon Conway at nine to two. Don't like Gupshill particularly against the top class side. Uh, Williamson short enough. Mitchell's not bad four to one for an opener.
2: So it'd be him or Conway.
1: Finish it off, Richard. Are you going to mention that Santana took 11 wickets in five games against England in 2019 by any chance?
2: I'm not against those pesky left-unders. And with Paul on Devon Conway, I think 9-2 to two is just a little bit too big for a class player. let okay. will just
3: throw in my one special bet that I like in this? I did mention. 7-5 to five England to win most sixes and win the match. They've got to be heavy favourites to, to hit most
1: sixes, surely. OK. Thank you, Paul Krishnamurti. That's your first semi-final done. Is Paul Krishnamurti's Dramatic final um, intervention going to make it into the best bets at the end of the show. Tune in later to find out or hang in later to find out. Will this link ever end? Who knows? Right. Part three coming up soon. Right. Part three. Pakistan versus Australia, the second semi-final on Thursday. Pakistan currently at 1.9, Australia 2.08 on the Betfair exchange. You may have noticed I've withheld the location. This game is being played at Dubai with that whopping toss bias for the chaser. That's why. Ed Hawkins, you have a lowdown with some more fantastic facts for us.
0: Yeah, I think Pakistan will line up like this. Baba, Rizwan, Faka, Hafiz, Shoaib. Asif Ali, Imad, Shadab, Hassan, Afridi and Ralph. Pakistan are number two on boundary percentage hitting. Uh, and they're not doing too badly with the ball either. They're at number three. Almost a complete side. Australia, probable 11. Warner, Finch, Mitchell Marsh, Smith, Maxwell, Stoinis, Wade, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Zampa. They are fourth and seventh with bat and ball on those Boundary percentages is a tight, tight contest, so on your boundary percentage. 17.6 Pakistan plays 16.4 Australia. Average total is barely scraping into your mid-120s in the first dig. Absolutely crazy stuff. Australia won 2-0 in 2019, but it's not relevant because the sides are very, very different.
1: OK. Thank you, Edward Hawkins. Paul Krishnamurti, surely, surely, surely we cannot bet Britos here.
3: No, you can't. Um, the stats at Dubai speak for themselves. Um, however, as I alluded to earlier on, I am confident about Pakistan here. They're the best. I think they're a the much better side in these conditions, and I think they've been superb throughout. Uh, I think Australia's chance. Their best performances have come when the openers have got off to a good start, when Warner's done something, and I think Shahin Afridi will destroy Warner very very quickly in this Um, so I would absolutely stick with them on the outright but why would you play before the toss because the odds are going to move
2: surely dramatically okay Richard Mann your thoughts on this match please well the, the toss bias has obviously been covered but I just think Pakistan are different class here I think that these are two very good bowling attacks Pakistan's batting is a notch above this uh, and Paul mentioned Warner. Yeah, he's like made two scores in this competition. One against a poor West Indies bowling attack, the other against Sri Lanka when Kusul Pereira dropped the catch of the
1: century. I just think against this pace attack, Australia's batting being be in trouble. Okay. Ed Hawkins, Pakistani, your tip. Are you worried at all here or do you share the, the views of the guys?
0: No, I'm not really on board with those. Um, I'm worried about Pakistan. It's probably because I've tipped them, but um, I'm concerned what happens to Pakistan if... Those Australian pacers get amongst Baba and Rizwan early and break them up, and they're, you know, they're 10 for one or something. When we'll really see what Pakistan are made of. i am never been convinced by Hafiz and Shoaib Malik, so it worries me a little bit about um, mentality. Uh, are Pakistan going to fold in the face of those Australian? quicks because I just don't think Australia have got anything to lose and they've had a complete change of mentality I know the quality of the side isn't there but their intent with the bat has just gone up a notch uh, in this tournament the like we haven't seen for two three years from Australia so I I think they're playing with that without fear and that's very very dangerous
1: okay well thank you for bringing me back to uh, Australia's batting and their intent because I'm coming straight back to you on David Warner before we go to the side markets with the guys
0: yeah Warner got a big score against West Indies last time out didn't he but we kind of highlighted that because Warner's great weaknesses against high class pace or hot pace if you like and West Indies just didn't have them uh, it was military medium stuff from them this is going to be a much much tougher test with Ralph and Shaheen Shara-Fridi getting it uh, up to Warner and you can go under 20.5 at 10-11 to with Betfair Sportsbook on his runs. It's been a winner nine times in his last 15.
1: Okay, still loving the sound of that hot pace. Richard Mann, um, let's get a run score double going here. Who do you like? Well, I think if we're
2: concurring, I'm Devon Conway. I just chuck Mitchell Marsh in there for Australia. I think we've all been a big fan of him throughout the tournament. He's probably not got the chances he deserved. But I think Warner and Finch are vulnerable, as we've said, and I think Marsh, really good player at pace, grew up in Western Australia, of course. I think he's he's primed to, to be Australia's top one scorer here, assuming he's going to
1: bat number three. So him and Conway will do for that. Okay. Uh, anything for you on the bats and bowlers here, Paul?
3: Yeah. Um, first, just get. I think Ed raised a really interesting point before about um, Hafiz and Malik, because, of course, they were quite disappointing in the... Caribbean Premier League before, but I've been really impressed with them in this tournament. And I do agree that Australia could get in amongst them early on. I think that what we've seen at Dubai, you don't really want to be back in openers. You want to be back in the middle order. So in, from that point of view, I think 17-2 Malik is a great price. I think that's a really big price. Six-to-one to fees isn't terrible. But for Australia, I like six-to-one Steve Smith. I know you guys aren't massive fans, But look at the number of times that Australia, when they do get in trouble against the side, Smith is the one who anchors the innings, and I can see that happening. I could definitely see if they bat first, early wickets, Steve Smith anchors anchors them together, and they end up with a substandard score that Pakistan chased down.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, that, Paul, because we would say about Smith he's not a T20 player and he shouldn't be in there, but that doesn't mean he's not going to top score. He can top score with 40 off 35, and that's a poor innings, but it doesn't matter because you've, you've got a winner. You know he's going to drop anchor and he's going to be very difficult to remove. He may well cost Australia the game, but that's not what we're betting on, is it? Now that's ex-
2: two excellent points there, spot on.
1: So would you guys be happy to call Smith a complete anchor? <laughs> <laughs>
0: wonder if that's going to make it in about the copious <laughs> editing I've got to do tonight.
1: Um. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with that? He is a, you guys are saying he is the complete anchor. Perfect. Right. Um, final call before I call time on the semi-final previews and we go to the best bets. Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti, anything to add Just- on this?
2: just well following from what both paul and ed said about dubai doing a bit early on and and baba and Ruzon, i wouldn't be worried about mitchell stark with a new ball i think he's been all over the place and the fact that hazelwood's bowled him in this tournament even though stark's had the picture ball at the death i think that that says a lot hazelwood's done really well eight wickets already and with the new ball in that power play i think that's pakistan's big danger period. So Hazelwood, he might even bowl three in the power play. If, if you do fancy Australia interested in the man of the match market, or I could see him being Australia's top bowler here. I mean, he's he's second to Zampa for them for them in the tournament anyway. I'm not so sure Pakistan will be worried about Zampa, to be honest. I think they'll play him easily. Hazelwood's the man for top Australia
1: bowler. Okay. Can I pull Krishnamurti?
2: Just completely endorse what Rich just said. Josh
1: Hain, if you like Australia, Josh Hain's the for me. Okay. okay, Ed Hawkins, anything you want to add?
0: Well, I'll add some prices to that uh, Hazelwood is three to one to be top wicket taker for Australia. Uh, Stark is eleven to four favorite Zampa is also eleven to four actually uh, and Cummins is also three to one. So Hazelwood perhaps has been a little bit underrated.
1: Now it's time to make your money with the best bets. All right, best bets time Edward Hawkins. What have you got for
0: us? I've got the scores for you. Richard Mann, 6.3. Had a bit of a dip, but he's still in profit, and it's not to be sniffed at. Paul Krishnamurti, plus 34.75. It wasn't so long ago that the roles were were reversed, even. They've both got five points to play with for these semi-finals. Let's go to Paul Krishnamurti first.
3: I will start with a two-points double England to hit the most sixes and win the match at 7-5. to five, And David Warner to score under 20.5 at 10-11. to 11.
2: Uh, And I'll kick off with man of the match, James Neesham in the England versus New Zealand semi. Okay, I'll
3: have one point on Chris Jordan to be top England wicket taker at 130.
2: And in the same semi-final, another point on Adil Rashid in the man of the match market.
3: I'll have a point on Shoaib Malik at 17-2, to two, be
2: top Pakistan run scorer. And I'll have another point on Devon Conway, top New Zealand batsman against England. Okay, and
3: I'll finish off with a point on Steve Smith at 6-1, to
2: one, top Australia batsman. And I'll use my final two points. One point on Mitchell Marsh, top Australia batsman, and one point Josh Hazelwood, top Australia bowler.
0: And just time to tell you of a special offer with Betfair. We know how frustrating it is to get frozen out of your bet. So Betfair is offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds bets on the sportsbook for the T20 World Cup. TNCs apply. Go to Betfair.com for more. And that is your lot for show 111. Don't forget to check out Betting.Betfair for all your semi-final previews and we'll see you next time on Friday for the final.